0: good morning and a happy tuesday to you folks it is a fabulous day and i am going to share some energy i got this morning woke up opened my inbox and found this email Jason, I am grateful for my two children, my wife and partner, and this house for standing another year. I'm grateful for second chances. I'm grateful for the time I have with my parents. And I'm grateful for the technology that keeps me alive daily. And, of course, thank you and Sterling for being a voice when we need it more than ever in the oil and gas industry. Ladies and gentlemen, don't get caught up on energy and behaviors you can't control Focus on yourself, focus on what you're grateful for, and go ahead and send out an email to somebody just like someone did for me this morning. What a great way to start my day getting some positive news that affects me and impacts me. And folks, go
1: out and make it an awesome Tuesday. Let's get this party started. It's time to play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard.
0: Play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spies. That is Sterling. It is Tuesday. Gosh, already? February 2nd. Is that right? It's mm-hmm. already the 2nd? Yeah. See, I wrote down the... Uh, see, I got all my days already messed up and <laughs> everything. See, my month is just not starting out know, right. I, is this leap year? Dude, I
2: think they're going to get rid of months. If we have to go through another year of COVID, it's like, what's the point in having a
0: month? Let's yeah. just call it like, I don't know, phases. Well, I think we're going to start a whole new calendar anyways, A.C. after COVID. We had B.C. before Christ, A.D. after death. Now we're going to have P.C. post-COVID. So, I mean, I think that that'll probably start. If our phones go dark, Mm -hmm. that's what's going to happen. A new calendar will emerge. It'll just reset. You bet. That's what's probably going to end up happening. Well, folks, welcome here this morning. Play hard. See, what you're, this is really esoteric energy, what you're a part of here this morning, because the play hard portion is more of kind of our morning prep for the rest of the day. And, you know, because we, we do work after this. This well, is our. This is how do. we start our morning. I go you, home. You, you, you do. Yeah, but you're going to start working because we're getting sponsors now. Ah, oh, darn it. And that means that you are going to be adding some hours here outside of this show, and you'll be compensated. Jenica will be able to get more interviews and be able to get compensated. Plus, we have writing opportunities now. So we're actually growing jobs here at the Crude Life slowly they're not full-time jobs. Hey, we're small business. We're very small. I mean, we're smaller than the Lakers, so yeah. we don't get any yeah, of that you know, P- PPP money. That.
2: What, what level can you call us now? Is it like micro business?
0: No, I think they're going with like family business family or they're, they're trying to change. Industry. They're changing it. I noticed there, there's some family small business things they're trying to change, but small businesses now, franchises, LA Lakers, it's, it's under the 500 employees. You see, I was told yeah. never
2: go into business with family.
0: Well, if you're the mafia, it works out pretty good for a while, <laughs> and then we'll see how it goes. But anyway, so we've got sponsors now, like today's, our, our weekly sponsors of uh, Orange Property Management. Of course, they do some great rental properties out in the Bakken, as well as the Fargo and in, into Minnesota as well. But also, Maxwell's Restaurant and Bar, a place yeah. where we do our important meetings. Yes. Well, they're a sponsor now, so if you'd like to know more about their menu, f- very good Fine menu, by the way. Yeah, if, if you're looking to impress, here. hopefully, if I can get a date by Valentine's Day, <laughs> maybe I can bring her to Maxwell's. That would impress her. Yeah, that would be impressive. That would be. They have linen napkins and everything. So yeah, fancy. Uh, it's a great place. Orange Property Management, other sponsor of the week. Our phone line sponsor, which, by the way, in just a moment or two, Marty Bent with the Great American Mining is going to join us to talk about the GameStop kerfuffle that happened. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. A kerfuffle. All I know is that I got calls from people that I haven't spoke to in years. And they're going, what the heck's going on? They, they Well, a lot of them were just, they were talking about conspiracy theories. That, this is from people that have never, ever, ever even uttered those words before. Wow. They're like, I didn't want to ever believe this stuff, but this is just too much. Man, and it's only February. And I have no <laughs> idea what they're talking about. All I remember, GameStop, is a place in the mall that I would get gift cards for every year for my kid. Yeah. I it's, didn't even It's get a millennial institution, there. though. I mean, I stopped playing video games when they got more buttons than I had fingers. <laughs> I used to play uh, uh, Nintendo for Techmobile. Right. Best game and Mike Tyson's punch out. Oh man. Did you ever beat that one? Oh yeah. Really? Yeah, oh yeah. That was fun. <sighs> I never could beat Mike Tyson. I mean, I used to play uh Legend of Zelda and Mario Brothers and Tech Mobile, all those games. Atari even. But Whoa. then we're aging. Oh man, they had more buttons and fingers. And I went, okay, I tap out, I'm done. That's <laughs> it. But luckily, you know, I was in junior high. Yeah. And then I discovered girls, and this was pre yoga pants. We had to deal with sweatpants. And for five years, sweatpants and sh- sweatshirts was a fashion. Well, it seems to be back now. I mean, that's what we're all wearing and working from home, right? Kind of got the short end of that (laughs) stick. Okay, we're going to do our Super Bowl number. By the way, Dwayne Ferris with uh, Black Creek uh, BC Canine Pipe Detection going to join us. They train dogs. Yeah,
2: that is fascinating. So they train dogs to sniff for leaks, right? Yeah,
0: they train dogs to sniff for leaks. More accurate than the computer. So the dogs are actually more accurate than the computer. And energy-friendly. My question that I'm going to ask him a little bit later for Dwayne Ferris from BC Canine Pipe Detection when he joins us on the Swan Energy phone line is, why has he not been hired by an oil company from the PR department? Yeah, why, that's, wh- that seems like a shoe-in. Why would you not hire a pipeline-sniffing dog in order to go to the schools and interact with the kids. It should have its own YouTube channel. We should be able to watch it doing its job. All you got to do is once a quarter, once a year, go out and actually just do the pipeline. I mean, that that could be the window dressing. I don't know about your
2: Facebook feed, man,
0: but mine is like
2: 99% dogs. People love dogs.
0: We have Frackleberry Hound for a reason. Frackleberry Hound is the greatest, hello, how are you doing, icebreaker for the oil and gas industry for this crude life that we've ever had because people are petting the dog. Yeah. This is no kidding. Okay. It's I'm, great I, this PR. A great story. Okay. This, this is a really, I was in Weld County. Okay. I was in, it was either Greeley or Fort Collins. I think it was Greeley actually. Okay. Greeley's very friendly to oil and gas, mm-hmm. but I was at the music store. I was buying a mic because we had a live event that night.
2: Oh, that's right. You and needed new equipment, right? I need new yeah.
0: equipment. So I, one of my mics, uh, they got anyway, so I need new mics. So I, the only place that sold them was the uh, kind of the, Quit, you know, the, the instrument store. Right. Yeah. So I go in there and there was a young gal and a younger guy and the young guy helped me. And the young girl was petting the dog and she was nice as could be mm-hmm. and this and that friendly, this and that. Well, then she asked me what I did. And I said, what she did. She immediately stopped petting the dog and left because I worked in oil and gas. Really? Uh, really? Oh yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how polarizing that stuff is. But Oh, well, you've run into that
2: on, or you've seen it, or told me about it on dating apps, right? Oh yeah, yeah, right. If you work in oil and gas, slap that, swipe left.
0: That's that's actually around Fargo, man. In North Dakota, they have that. I now. mean, I guess you could admire the upfront honesty, but geez, that's that's pretty remarkable. I mean, if you work in, oil I could and gas, never narrow the left. field
2: that much. It just makes you want them that much more. Mm-hmm. Well, you're unobtainable now.
0: Folks, we have the Super Bowl numbers sold out, and it is a book sold out free. So, what we like to (laughs) do—probably why it's sold out—at the Crude Life is we like to have some fun with social media, and one of the ways is to you know gamble for free. Everybody likes to gamble for free, especially when it's house money. We still do fantasy football in my life with a bunch of old friends from twenty years ago, but we don't charge for it. And that's the only reason we keep everybody around. That's the best kind. So 100 squares were filled in five days. Yeah. In five days, just using our social media account, we didn't really take out any ads. We didn't do anything. We didn't call anybody. We, I primed a couple in the beginning of people I thought you know that would want to do sure. it. Yeah. Well, after we filled up, I had to bump some. Yeah, I know, right. We, we had over 90% totally just out of the blue people, right? So, well, ended up being, I think, three people that I put in there instinctively because they they told me after the March Madness tournament, I'm in for all of them going forward. That was fun. So we're going to do it again, the March Madness, 68 teams instead of 64 because the play-in games. Yep, yep. (laughs) And if you want to do that, folks, you can certainly do that. But the Super Bowl numbers are sold out. And we have prizes. Now, what are the prizes? So not only did we sell out a free Super Bowl gambling board where you get no money, but we have prizes. So we thought we'd have some fun. And, you know, in spirit of even our, our canine interview a little bit later. One of the prizes is Chewy Pie Antlers. You hear frackleberry hound chewing on them all the time
2: during the show. These things are durable. She's had this one for a couple of months. It's barely ground down, and it is her favorite toy.
0: And it's actually nature's... Yeah. It's it's nature's chew toy for, for dogs, you know, in the same way that, you know, a canine is is a meat, meat eater for all you vegans out there. Stop making your dogs vegan because I, they need meat in their diet. They're carnivores. Um, I
2: feel like you should get a t-shirt that says you're nature's chew toy. I think that might help you. <laughs> Seriously, you got Frackleberry Hound. You got that shirt. You're in a park. Boom. I would <laughs> like to get that t-shirt. <laughs> I'm nature's
0: chew toy. <laughs>
2: It works on a couple levels. So, yeah, these are awesome, these Chewy Paws. Well,
0: they, they have the minerals and the nutrients, actually. Good for the teeth. Yeah, they, they're very good for the teeth. They clean and that sort of thing. So uh, Chewy Paws, okay, uh, friends of the program, uh, love their – in fact, I was signed up for their uh, mystery pack where they just send you a mystery bones in the mail. Frackleberry Hound absolutely loves them, absolutely loves them. She loves the moose ones. What we're going to do is for the national anthem during the Super Bowl, the time. So however long it is, the national anthem, we take the last digit, the last two digits, and then we match them up. Okay. And based on those digits, that's who gets the prize. Okay. So the way the Super Bowl boards work is that if we have seven let's say 17 so you take the one and the seven you match them up okay that person you know xyz logo is the winner they get the chewy pod toys and then when we go to the first quarter our friends at wic williams insulation company you've talked to bailey midkiff on the program before they've got that one of those tote bags that you love and a mouse pad so after the first quarter we've got wic tote and mouse pad Second quarter. Wait, wait! Got, I have
2: to give the tote away.
0: No, we've got a, a separate one. Okay, they sent it. You. They sent another one. In. You. Since, since you took the one and yeah, gave it to to say I didn't want to have to bring it back. Your so. Starbucks wife. Yeah. That um, we had so you could put all your coffee, your <laughs> your your Guatemalan coffee, <laughs> snooty coffee, My fancy pants coffee. Exactly. We need to get a coffee sponsor here. Some crude coffee. Some roughneck coffee. Oh, Was there a crude blend? There's bl- there's there's four or five different companies off the top of my head. Yeah. So we we need to get somebody so that we can drink X Y Z coffee. Yeah, I agree. All right. So hundred dollar gift card is second quarter. That's a hundred dollar gift card. Third quarter to be announced because we haven't gotten that far yet. So is it like a hundred legitimate hundred dollar gift card, like a Visa card,
2: or is it like I'm gonna get it and it's a hundred dollars if I go to this furniture store? I think it's a specific place. Okay. Good to know. I'm not sure why there's as long as it's not like disney bucks or something
0: i'm going by my own notes here so i'm (laughs) not really doomed i'm not sure where my mind space was when i wrote these we gotta throw a bitcoin out as a prize so the third quarter's tba so i haven't transferred the note on that one yet (laughs) the fourth quarter score you ready for this yeah custom branded fire resistant Jacket courtesy of Becker Safety and Supply. Our friend, back down to Weld County. That's something useful. Greeley, Colorado, our good friends, uh, Devin Becker and the folks at Becker Safety and Supply. Good friends of the program. We do a lot with them. In fact, uh, he reached out and he said, hey, Jason, listen, we'd like to give this away as one of your prizes. I said, we'll take it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So at the end of the fourth quarter... Whatever the score is, you get a fire-resistant jacket, courtesy of Becker Safety and Supply. Yeah, that's got to be like a $100 value or more. Oh, it's like $290. Yeah. Okay. 290 yeah. bucks. I believe it's... I was going to say, that, that would be awesome. And then for the final score, All right. we've got the $1,500 prize. What can I win, Jim? Well, you get an annual sponsorship to the Crude Life. Ding, 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 ding. So not only if the game does not go into overtime, so let's say and it's at the end of the final score, fourth quarter, you get the jacket and the sponsorship. Dang. Right. Okay. So it, the fourth quarter can can take in a lot. What if I win all of those things? It's happened. It's pretty rare. Okay, you know, it's like seven-seven uh, or something like that. Yeah. You know, and then the game ends up being seventeen-seven. Okay, ten points in the fourth quarter. So, is there like rare. a sudden death or something we can go into? So or? the the way this works, folks, is that every day this week, we're going to put a picture out on the social media platform with the Chewy Paws antler to say, okay, at the end of the the the, the what am I trying to say here? The national anthem. This is going to be the prize. And then there's a gift card, and here's the other one, and, and yep. here's the jacket, and here's a sponsorship. And the numbers, we're gonna pull them out of a hat. And we're gonna say, okay, on the left hand side, we've got Tampa Bay's numbers, we zero through nine, and we put them in. So randomly they go in there. It's not we don't actually write them in there, mm-hmm. they just randomly go in there. And then the Kansas City numbers on top, right? So if the final score at the end of the first quarter. Is three to nothing, right? Kansas City. You go find the three over on the Kansas City area. And then you go on the column area and you find the zero. And then you take your fingers and go down and and across. And whosoever logo is in that square, that's who wins the prize. Wow. Does that make sense?
2: I'm really glad you're going to be doing that and that Mm -hmm. you understand how it works. Okay. And I trust you. But if I was just an outsider, I'd think, "What the hell did he just say?" You think we're playing Pokemon and just making up the game as I go along? I'm wondering if you're doing some of this, uh, you know, hedge fund GameStop type type stuff, just making shit up as you go.
0: Well, I could be. I'm not even sure what you just said there, but I, but I know Marty Bent coming up in just a moment or two is going to talk all about this GameStop uh, hedge fund well, nonsense. Even your 14 year old kids talking to you about it, right? When my 14 year old <laughs> sons asking me about how could he get a hedge hedge fund, I got to find out what to reach out here. What's going on here? I'm trying to start a shell company. My son wants a hedge fund. (laughs) Sterling wants to be too big to fail. (laughs) God bless America, man. That's the dream. So, free Super Bowl numbers. We got prizes. Folks, we got to take a break here. We're going to go to a quick pause. We come back on our Swan Energy phone lines. It is going to be Marty Bent with Great American Mining trying to talk a little bit about this whole GameStop kerfuffle. We will have the Super Bowl numbers and the logos at thecrudelife.com on the show page, plus on LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter. We'll have it there too, folks. We'll see you in a few.
1: Door, it's let on the music heard on the crude life morning show, play hard, work hard, is by the Moody River Band. Door, it's let on the Crude Life Play Hard Work Hard is sponsored in part by
0: if you have natural gas leases and are looking to sell them swan energy wants to talk to you today give them a call at 866-539-0860 that's 866 539 860. Swan Energy is buying up natural gas leases, and they may buy yours too. Give them a call today. The Industrial Forest. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spees with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what what the industrial forest does sustainability sheds critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come it takes an industry to build a forest if you're interested in sustainable forests growing industry jobs check out the industrialforest.com that's the industrialforest.com play
1: hard work hard now let's play hard
0: Welcome back to Play Hard, Work Hard. My name is Jason Spiess. That is Sterling in our Swan Energy phone line. We have Marty Bent on the line with us, Great American Mining. We just want to talk a little bit about some of the GameStop activity that happened. I'm sure many of you have heard or have seen the headlines. And if you're like me, I don't have a I don't have a TV, so I, I don't have 24 hour news on. I don't even have local news but I got a half a dozen phone calls and texts last week when this GameStop stuff happened, and we'll get into some of that in just a moment. Sterling and I, we briefly talked about it. I saw the headlines. I don't really know what's going on. So, uh, Marty, I appreciate you coming in to help navigate the layman like me when it comes to this because everybody's talking about it. And uh, first of all, how are you doing today, sir? Doing
3: well. Doing well. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me on, Jason Sterling.
0: Well, I appreciate you, uh, like I said, coming on to talk about this. So if if you're at a dinner party and somebody says to you, hey, what happened with this GameStop headlines I've been seeing everywhere? Marty, how would you respond to something like that?
3: Yeah, it's a very interesting story, one born of the Internet. Uh, So long story short, you had a a group of people on Reddit in a particular subforum called R Bets. Basically, identify that that a hedge fund uh, was shorting GameStop's excuse me GameStop stock uh, at, to a point where they were overexposed. Um, so, the hedge fund in question here is, is named Melvin Capital, and these redditors, these, these individuals in this Reddit sub forum were able to identify that that Melvin Capital had actually um, what's called a, had short exposure to GameStop, but but short exposure then. Went beyond the the float of GameStop stock in the market, so they they were short 140 percent of the float. So uh, to put that in context, if GameStop had issued 100 stocks and that's all they had, uh, Melvin Capital was short 140 stocks. So they somehow had a naked short open, which is legal, um, but they were and they were overexposed in the process. So these redditors, these individuals on the internet found this out and they said hey this is an opportunity for us to uh, initiate what's called a short squeeze so you'll identify individuals who are short a particular market and say hey if we're able to buy enough of this stock we can we can make make it so those shorts are are destroyed and get margin called and then the price will have a uh, will skyrocket as as a product of squeezing those shorts out of the market and so that's what you saw is uh, a bunch of people on the internet on Reddit identify this opportunity and then and then seize on it. So you had hundreds of thousands of individuals just buying GameStop stock uh, via retail brokers, whether it be Robinhood or TD Ameritrade, in an attempt to short squeeze a hedge fund that was uh, naked short GameStop stock. And as we as we could tell from last week, in the price of GameStop stock, uh, they were successful in doing that.
0: Now, what's a short squeeze?
3: So, so again, a short squeeze is uh, when uh, you, you identify that uh, somebody or a bunch of individuals are short a particular asset, in this case GameStop stock, and you say, hey, I'm going to take a bet against the short positions and go long that asset, uh, the stock uh, in this case, and, and they basically try to squeeze out the shorts So, if enough people buy the stock and send the price upwards against the the short squeeze. The short sellers are betting that the stock's going to go down, and if enough individuals buy the stock sending the price higher, you basically squeeze out those shorts. You make it so that they get margin called and and they lose out on their positions.
0: That's quite a shell game you guys got going out there in the marketplace. Holy smokes, man. And then Robinhood, they tried to shut it down, didn't they? Yeah, what was that all about yeah. now? The, the shutdown, and did the SEC jump in, did I hear? I mean, all kinds of just speculation and rumors from this weekend.
3: Yeah, this is where the story gets really interesting huh. and, and really highlights uh, the two-tiered system that we may be living under. And, and so you, there's there's a lot of background um to this particular, to Robin Hood's involvement and the parties involved. So, again, wait, I mentioned Wait, Melbourne wait,
0: Capitol. wait. Can, can we pause for a second? What's Robin Hood? I, I thought you guys were just actually saying Robin Hood. Like...
2: He really doesn't read
0: the news. No, no, this, I'm actually, I, I'm really, I have no idea what's going on here. I was busy all weekend, and I thought you guys were just talking about, you know, Robin Hood, Rob... From the poor to rob from the rich to pay the poor. This is an actual like company or movement. Like it's a trading app, right? It's a trading app. Okay, okay. All right, thank you. I'm just so lost here. All right.
3: (laughs) Robinhood is a trading app that allows retail investors to to buy fractions of stocks. So you can download it on your phone. Um, You can actually buy partial stocks or whole stocks if you'd like. So it's uh, Robinhood's reason. The uh, reason they taught is is to give the the average Joe access to the stock market um, and compete with the big guys. And that's why the story is so interesting, because in the end, uh, it turned out that that the team at Robinhood and the company actually sided with the hedge funds and the entrenched incumbents in the financial space.
2: Oh, well, they did, huh? Yeah, initially, I remember uh, they, they pulled back, or they they shut
0: it down. Yeah, so, again, there's... Oh, they got value really checked. They seriously, they got value checked, and they decided to go with the business daddy, huh? Well, I,
2: I had heard that Robin Hood was, was overextended, too, that they, they had to take out a loan during this.
3: Yeah. Yeah, they had to they had to take out a, a, a line of credit worth a billion dollars towards the end of last week, because there was... A billion dollars. Uh, I mean, they, they said they weren't in danger of becoming insolvent, but if you're going to make a move like that, that's what a lot of people... Are led to believe is that they were in danger of going and solving. But there's, yeah, so there's a few parties involved in this particular story that makes it very interesting. So we have Robinhood, the, the trading platform. We have Melvin Capital, the hedge fund that was naked short, GameStop. And then we have another hedge fund by the name of Citadel, which is actually an investor in Melvin Capital and Robinhood
2: <laughs> itself.
3: Um, and so you have a very intertwined uh uh, sort of stakeholders in this particular case where I believe Citadel owned 40% of Melvin Capital and uh, had invested a significant amount of money in Robinhood and is actually Robinhood's biggest customer. So Robinhood will, will actually sell their users' trade flow to Citadel. So Citadel's high-frequency traders can front-run um, the, the retail investors on Robinhood. And, and this is where it gets really interesting is because, like you said, Robinhood, uh, you said they shut down trading, which is actually not the case. They didn't shut down trading, they shut down the ability for individuals to buy GameStop stock. Yes. And so at, at some point last week, they turned off the buy button and individuals could only sell. And in some cases, Robinhood actually forced liquidated some long positions on behalf of their customers. And this, this makes it so the price can only go one way, and that is down in favor of Melvin Capital and by extension, Citadel. So there's, there's some moral hazard at play here that a lot of people are pointing to where basically the little guy was beating the big hedge fund uh, and, a, and a major investor in the hedge fund and the retail trading platform that these, these uh, individuals were using to short squeeze Melvin Capital stepped in and said, hey, uh, we, we have uh, a, very <laughs> a lot of skin in the game uh, with Melvin Capital, so you guys got to turn off the buy button and move that position in favor
2: of this company. Well, that seems like a slight conflict of interest. I mean is that it, it, this is is this what you meant when you you were talking about the two-tier system earlier? Is this the type of stuff that's it's perfectly legit? It's just that it's been more exposed by sort of this crowdfunding?
3: Yes, exactly because a short squeeze is actually it's, it's, it's happened plenty of times in markets and but it's typically hedge fund against hedge funds you'll see. One fund recognized that another fund is extremely short a, a stock or a particular asset, and they'll use their capital to short-squeeze that, that particular asset. In this case, it was thousands of retail investors doing it to a hedge fund, and they did not like when the little guy was was winning in this case.
2: I actually I, I need to find the clip. I think it was on uh, CNBC or one of the financial news. It was uh, somebody talking uh, the other day about how uh, the poor people were hurting the wealthy and he was basically like saying, stop, <laughs> they need to stop doing that. Um, you know, it's sort of yeah. like we have our own system and you guys aren't supposed to play in it type of thing.
3: Yes. And this is where it gets really interesting for me. So I've um, been following financial markets for, for almost a decade now, and particularly the federal reserve system. And actually like at Citadel, has been at the, the the center of some drama in financial markets over the last few years. So I don't know uh, if you too gentlemen remember in the fall of 2019, there was uh, a spasm in the overnight repo market where banks trade their reserves, and you know, the the rates spike up uh, pretty significantly above 10 percent. And it came to be. Uh, came The market came to realize that uh, Citadel, again, they had one of the hedge funds in the Robinhood and GameStop story, was actually the cause that uh, part of the reason why you had this rate spasm in the repo markets back in the fall of 2019. They uh, J.P. Morgan, over the course of 2019, had rotated out of cash and into treasury bonds, and they uh, – And that actually dried up liquidity in that repo market. So hedge funds who would previously have gone to J.P. Morgan uh, for cash to fund their margin trades weren't able to do that, again, because J.P. Morgan rotated out of cash and into um, Treasury bonds. And so uh, in the fall of 2019, the Fed actually had to step in and bail out uh, a few hedge funds, Citadel being one of them. And the way they did this is they expanded the list of, of what are known as primary dealers that could access the Fed window to include a, uh, an agency known as the FICC and that uh, they basically bailed out hedge funds like Citadel um, using the FICC as proxy so you had a liquidity crunch in the repo market the hedge funds couldn't get cash to to fund their margin trading and the Fed stepped in and and basically bailed out these hedge funds in 2019 as well
2: now, see, the message I'm getting out of this is that Jason and I need to start a hedge fund and become so indispensable <laughs> that we get bailed out whenever we do bad things. Well, yeah, you know, I I, mean, it's pretty egregious at this point um, how, it's, how
0: it's so the defeating. Which the... Well, but you it's know, it's so def- de- just deflating and defeating just to know that once you get to a certain level, they're just going to knock you back down. There's like it's 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 just so frustrating. Yeah. And I I guess my question to you is what's going to prevent them from from doing this more and more and more? I mean, is is this the new normal now for the stock market and trading a bunch of Reddit uh, 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 pissed off? Users are going to start, you know, pointing out where they're overextending and and short squeezing and et cetera. Is, Is that the new future now?
3: could be it certainly could be it seems like the the individuals and in retail traders on our Wall Street bets are are, um, are poised to, to do this uh, in other instances as well but what it, it really what it comes down to is that our financial system is so fragile and the, the risk throughout the system is so systemic that the Fed has to step in and bail out these hedge funds and banks. Uh, less the, the, the system collapsed because, again, going back to the fall of 2019, Citadel had to be bailed out because if they were not, it would have caused a domino effect in the hedge fund world that would have affected the whole financial system. And I actually have a theory that what happened last week uh, uh, was a black swan that triggered a similar event to what happened in 2019 and the Fed, the SEC, and the powers that be stepped in and said, hey, turn off that buy button. Like, if, if this goes... Too far uh, in the wrong direction. We have we have some problems in the financial system.
0: So, did the the app Robinhood give any explanation why they turned off the buy button?
3: Uh, they 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 feigned like manipulation and um, uh, the need for stability and and, and liquidity uh, for for their um, clearing operations. They they said, oh, we needed to take a break and, and actually. Balance our books and make sure we had enough liquidity to um, facilitate all the trading going on. But if they really wanted to do that, they would have halted all trading and not just stopped
0: <laughs> the market from moving in one direction. But but exactly, I was going to say they still allowed you to sell that particular stock because they wanted the price to go back because down because it was right? in their best interest. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. So it, it's amazing uh, to me that oh, this is even uh, going on. A, I, I had no idea well, well, that, that this it, level of manipulation was just quid pro quo.
2: Do you think, Marty, do you think this is... Do you think this is really the first example of this sort of crowdfunded short squeezing? I mean, to be able to identify a fund, and I'm not even sure how that would happen, if that's more privileged information and they found it out, or if it's just you need to go through the spreadsheets and get it. But is this sort of the first event that you've seen where it's 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 spasmed like this? I mean, I know you mentioned Citadel, but this seems to be much more driven by individuals.
4: Yes, it certainly
3: For as long as I've been paying attention uh, and for as long as I can remember, this is the first instance uh, of the little guy attacking the big guy. Um, And and the way they were able to do this, they they did leverage uh, public SEC filings that anybody can find. They basically found and identified that Melvin Capital was was naked short and short more than 100% uh, the float of GameStop stock. And so they, they saw that as an opportunity and said, hey, if many of us buy this stock, uh, and send the price up. We can we can squeeze Melvin Capital, and again they successfully did, did that. Melvin Capital reported that they lost more than fifty percent uh, of of their fund in January.
0: I guess part of this just seems like a form of insurance for hedge funds. I mean, no 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 matter what, they're going to be taken care of.
3: Yes, and again, that's that's the the nature of the financial system of the fiat monetary system that, that's been erected over the last five decades, the 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 amount of debt that's been accrued is mathematically impossible to pay back. And so the federal reserve and the, yeah. the treasury department has to decide, Hey, do we overtly default on this debt, which would be terrible from a geopolitical perspective. So they've actually decided to, um, to, to default via inflation via printing and all these bailouts. They'll never let uh, everything collapse. They'll, they're just going to keep printing and, and making sure uh, all these funds get bailed out to, to keep the party going as long as possible.
0: Yeah, my concern though, is just seems like every year I, I, I lose less freedoms and my money just gets more invisible. And I don't like that. I do not like how those two paths are getting closer and closer together. And in the old days, I was told to buy gold and silver to protect myself against. You mentioned fiat. So right away, I'm going, oh, now I got to ask about gold and silver. And nowadays, I got to ask about Bitcoin, too, because you're a big Bitcoin guy. So give me an update either from gold, silver, Bitcoin. What are some of the alternatives that people can think about that either from an investment standpoint or just I, I don't even know? I mean, this, this whole First of all, day trading is just legalized gambling in my book. So, I mean, the fact that now you get insurance. I mean, every time I go to the casino, I don't get bailed out if I decide. <laughs> that's, all I, that's a You what, can't what, buy insurance you just, What you two were just talking about, that's all that was going through my mind was, how can I go to the casino and get bailed out like these day traders mm-hmm. just did? So talk to me about, I don't know if you follow gold and silver at all, but I know you follow Bitcoin. So just talk to me about some of these other uh, forms of currency that used to be and probably will be soon.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's what I've been saying in the last week. This is why we Bitcoin. There is no lender of last resort in in the Bitcoin world. Uh, Bitcoin has a fixed supply cap. It is a run on computer software with the rules built in. Uh, no one no one individual company, government can change the rules. It, the rules are checked by millions of individuals around the world every 10 minutes and make sure to make sure everybody's following the rules. And so in terms of uh, comparing Bitcoin uh, and its monetary policy to the fiat world like there's no bailouts in Bitcoin. If you take risk and uh, y- you uh, end up on the right, wrong side of a bet, you uh, took a risk, and the, the market's going to punish you for that. And in Bitcoin, the, there's no ability for the Fed to step in and bail out these hedge funds. And then comparing Bitcoin to gold and silver markets, I, I think I'd argue, obviously I'm a bit biased because I'm very heavily involved in the Bitcoin world, that B- Bitcoin is better than gold and silver because gold and silver, due to their physical nature, those markets have actually been somewhat neutered due to the physical centralization of, of those metals uh, in bank vaults and so even though they are um, better than currency the, the, the physical nature of those two assets makes it so they can easily be, be uh, um, concentrated and then manipulated by by the banking system um, which we saw over the course of the last century when we went from a gold standard to a paperback gold standard to, to the fiat monetary system completely Detached from anything related to, to these metals. And that was by nature of their physical nature and the, the ability of governments to confiscate hoard gold and vaults that they controlled.
0: Uh, what was your takeaway from last week with the GameStop? Just getting back to kind of w- whether it's from the longevity of the stock market, whether it's f- just from the uh, conspiracy side of the I tell you what I got a half a dozen calls that they, they, they literally started the conversation with is you know I was just trying to enjoy my life not fall into conspiracies but this GameStop thing I cannot you know what I mean this was this was the straw that broke their camel's back about conspiracy theories so I understand that, that there's even a bunch of those thrown in there too so uh, what was your big takeaway I guess from last week
4: I think what we're seeing is just
3: the pent up frustration and anger from the average Joe uh, against the, the the financial elite, who, like we've been talking about throughout this whole conversation, are uh, consistently bailed out after taking too much risk. And yet the little guy, um, he he's forced to to stay on from work. They shut down the economy. They don't let him uh, run his small business, his or her small business. He gets a six hundred dollar. Uh, check, and, and the government tells you not to go spend it all one, one place, and yet you, you have this financial elite within our system who who benefit unruly um, from the nature of the monetary system and their proximity to uh, the institutions like the Federal Reserve and the Treasury. Uh, and so I think what we saw last week was, there was somewhat of a populist movement against this, this two-tiered system of the little guy saying, all right, I've had enough. Uh, it, it's time it's time to fight back and, and the way they chose to do this is with capital. So they, they used their money to attack uh, what they deemed as, as, as individuals in our, our system that, that are benefited unruly. and, and that's what we had the, the capital riot CAP, ITOL on January 6th that many people are talking about, but I think last week was the capital riot, T-A-P-I-T-A-L, right. um, of individuals fighting back uh, against what they deem to be um, an unfair system. And so I think last week, if anything, was an inflection point that, that, um, that really uh, empowered the little guy to say, hey, I actually can do something here. So if you compare this to something like Occupy Wall Street, Occupy Wall Street was great from an optics perspective in in the sense that people were were, um, voicing their displeasure and that was very apparent, but really, arguably, nothing really material came out of Occupy Wall Street, whereas last week with this Capitol riot, uh, there was actually some damage done. Um, And so I think, again, this is an inflection point of of the little man realizing he does have some power and some capacity.
0: Do you think that the GameStop was targeted because – of its educational impact. I mean, my fourteen-year-old son knew about this, and I didn't. Okay, and I can't imagine that this was a bunch of fourteen-year-old kids buying buying in the stock. This was this was some pretty sharp cookies on Reddit. Well, there's that, some that irony this. to it. That's too, what I mean. You know, was, was this targeted because of its its mainstream connectivity, or was it just hey, time and place, man? <laughs> You know, GameStop happened to be at that time and at that place, and that's when the uh, collection of—I don't know—what are, are these guy Fridays? What are these guys called? These uh, these well, GameStop. I've been, I've been—they've been called redditors, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, so was was GameStop targeted or was it just coincidence?
3: Yeah, so I think there—it's mainly driven by millennials, so people my age, and I think. Uh, I don't think it was a coincidence, definitely wasn't a coincidence, but it was a, it, they saw a good opportunity again, uh, a very strong feeling of this two-tiered, unfair system, and these individuals on Reddit saw that Melvin Capital was attacking GameStop, mm. a, a company that, that um, resonates with, with millennials, and a company that, that we all know and love when we were growing up. I remember personally going to GameStop and uh, playing the free games and buying games and selling games—it was just part of millennial culture. And I think uh, it was combination of that and the opportunity of Melvin Cap that presented itself because Melvin Capital was short 140% of the float. Said, "Hey, this is a good trading opportunity for us. They're attacking something that that's very um, resonates very much with with millennials. Like if uh, they're, they're going to attack GameStop." And millennials, by extension, like let's fight back, so the and that has been made apparent on, on the subreddit. Our Wall Street bets that hey, these guys are attacking like a, a millennial institution. They're they're overextended. Let's let's
0: fight back. Well, I, I thought it was another example of how there's so many protests nowadays, whether it be financial or whether it be um, out in the streets. That there, there's such a there's a, there's this big social cause that goes with it, and. That was I, I, honestly I thought I thought that was genius actually to target GameStop because of all those reasons you just said that it is so relatable to that demographic. Well, and even more than that,
2: it's sort of an irony because you've got a, a company that's essentially a failed brick and mortar business at this point. I mean, it's, <laughs> it really is. I yeah. mean, I, I love GameStop. Uh, you know, I've been going there for over 15 years off and on, but, you know, the way that the markets are trending and, the, and digital downloads. So it seems to me like there was a message within the message. You're, you're not only targeting a millennial institution, but one that really doesn't have a lot of value. And you're proving that by squeezing things around, you can take something that has no value and just create money out of it, you know? And I think that that, at least for people that I know that have no connection to the financial world in terms of understanding it, just see it as more proof that this is just sort of make-believe. These numbers, people just sort of, they just swap wealth around is what it feels like. Yeah, I think you are are dead on there. Do you so, think, just real quick, my last question is, you know, going forward, it seems like this year you've you had the capital riot, you have the ca- you know, you have the 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 or the hedge fund stuff that's going on. You've got a lot of, I think, indications that this year is probably going to have a lot of these types of events. Do you think we're going to be playing or seeing whack a mole on this type of stuff now, where the where the feds yeah. have to jump in because people are just boom 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 targeting these hedge funds?
4: Yeah,
3: I think there's, I mean, a combination of factors, again, the fact that people have been locked down and the forces they own from work unable to make a living, they've basically been spat in the face by the powers that be with, with very small stimulus checks compared to the bailouts that uh, the corporate crony class is getting, and yeah, I don't think those are going to stop anytime soon. Uh, I think the last week has empowered and, and again, woken a lot of individuals up to the power that they have against this, um, this, this class of people. And so, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. And this is why I focus on Bitcoin. I mean, I've, I've, um, I've had these beliefs that we've been living in a two-tiered system for quite a while. I was radicalized by TARP when I was in high school, and. Bitcoin that's why I focus on Bitcoin because I truly believe that Bitcoin is the best way to to strike back at this you know, in a this unfair system because Bitcoin attacks the core of the problem which is uh, how money is produced and distributed throughout the economy I believe we have to fix the money to fix the world and Bitcoin gives us the best chance of doing that
0: How worried uh, my my last question how worried should be people be with, uh, you know, different stocks, I guess. When when I'm thinking about the biggest challenge right now for the oil and gas world, it's this ESG movement, the Greta Thunberg movement, this whole social governance um, to the new level to where now if this can be... Thrown in and manipulate the market from that side they're already having trouble getting investors and etc so I, I i guess my question is is that is this is, is is this a weapon at this point or what how serious is this does that i mean i don't mean to be too dramatic but at the same time man no. i mean this was a big deal last week this i mean this changed the system yeah
3: um yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if, like, individuals should be aware. I, th- I, I mean, I think it just highlights, like, the partial nature of our, our financial system, the stock market in particular. Um, again, I believe that the, the problems that exist in our society, mainly the problems driving the wealth inequality and, and the unfairness of the system, stem from uh, the, the production of money and the distribution of money emanating from the Federal Reserve. And uh, since 2008, with the Fed embarking on their their money-printing ex- escapades, uh, this has just created a, a complete disconnection in the markets from reality. And you have uh, the production of money from the Federal Reserve basically driving flows and assets like the stock market and real estate. And this is not Driven by any fundamental nature, but just the pure fact that people can't sit on cash because it's losing value slowly over time, and they need to go out and seek yield, and they're they're going to do that in in risky assets like like stock and real estate. So, um, uh, I, again, I believe that the last week was a pivotal event. I don't think um, I don't think it's going to be like a just like a one off event. I think we'll see other. Similar types of events happening throughout the year and throughout the years moving forward, and um, yeah, it'll be very interesting. And this is we're we're born that we live during an inflection point, right? With the internet age, like we're transitioning from a very manual sort of industrial economy to a digital economy, and. what people have to realize is that this is having profound effects on the nature of communication and and access to information, most importantly. So I think what last week highlighted very, very succinctly is the fact that individuals have access to to the same amount of information. So previously, the hedge fund class uh, was, was afforded an advantage because they had better information than your retail investor. But due to the nature of the internet communications technology, in uh, the flow of information in the digital age, that, that, that advantage has sort of been reduced to nothing, where, where anybody with an Internet connection has access to the same amount of data. And, and we're, we're starting to see the, the effects that that has. And you can have very smart individuals who aren't in the financial sector sort of come to understand what's going on in the hedge fund world themselves and actually participate and attack these hedge funds. Um, with their capital in uh, mass, so it's a very interesting time we're living in. Yeah, I, f-
2: I feel like 2021 is looking at 2020 and going, "Here, hold my beer."
3: Yeah. It's going to be a very—I think it's going to be a very tumultuous yeah. decade. Again, we're, we're in this inflection point, and as humans, we're attempting to to adapt to this, this new way of living and having access to this much information and the ability to communicate in the ways that we can today. That it's, it's just. Flipping the system on its head, and we're and we're attempting to um, to recalibrate as a species like how how, do, uh, how do we actually interact with each other now that we have all this technology
0: i I thought it was interesting yesterday, and I'll just say in in closing here, and then I'll let you give your websites and and blog information that. We kind of yesterday we kind of Sterling and I went off the rails a little bit about the war on uh, oil and gas and the climate change and, and this this whole John Kerry's new title and things like that to where I, I pointed out that, you know, we as a species, you know, I mean, science wise, we went to the moon, we did the Manhattan Project and the Hoover Dam. And those were major scientific feats that we did collectively as a as a nation, but they did not require us to change our behavior. And what this green movement's doing is asking us not only to take on a science project that is in the scales of the Hoover Dam and the Manhattan Project and and the the other example I gave, it was the the space launch, launch, but it's asking us to change our behaviors in ways that we've never done collectively as a society. So if we look at that and we look at paper or plastic bags, okay, (laughs) we haven't even collectively changed our behavior with 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 reusable tote bags when everybody and their mother was giving them away for the last 15 years okay everybody's got 15 of them at their house or at least they did at one time and not only do we as species have not figured out how to self-correct our grocery stores aldi they require you to use a reusable bag you cannot use a plastic bag and across the street at walmart walmart since COVID started no longer allows you to use reusable bags you have to use plastic disposable bags mm-hmm. so even under the bag argument we can't even get get that right in the world of business so this is an amazing feat that is ahead of us so now when you fold in this whole digital transition that's why we bring guys like Marty on because Bitcoin, we, we, no matter what path you're taking, that's a future baby. So yeah, it was like
2: thirty-five thousand, I think, today.
0: How, how can people uh, re- read more about what you got going on and find out information on on Bitcoin, guy? Uh, Marty. Sorry. Yeah, so
3: this is a, I'm actually very, very happy. You just went on that particular rant because we actually just published a blog post today that describes. So my, the company I work for, Great American Mining, we 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 uh, uh, help oil and gas producers monetize wasted, stranded, or underutilized gas molecules by mining Bitcoin with it instead of flaring or compressing it into LNG. So actually we just published a a blog post this morning that describes why we believe there's a budding symbiotic relationship between the Bitcoin mining industry and the oil and gas industry. And this symbiotic relationship is going to make both industry is more resilient, and, and specifically from an ESG perspective and a PR perspective, like Bitcoin mining, since uh, miners are willing to show up to the source of these molecules, can significantly help reduce flare uh, in, 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 the, in the oil patches and, and, by extension, help turn the tides of, of the PR uh, the PR onslaught that's going on from a climate perspective. And so if you guys, if your listeners want to go read that blog and go to gam.ai, that's G-A-M dot A-I, uh, the blog page on there has that and, and beyond the blog, you can find out what we're doing as a company and, and why, why we're doing what we're doing.
0: And Marty, I get one more plug for your company, because I don't know if you're qualified to speak on this, but I'm sure you got at least a sentence or two, you know, marketing phrase ready. Tom Massero, your your uh, colleague and, and partner, is, is the one that I'm used to who's able to speak on the calculator that you have on your website that uh, mineral owners, if they have minerals, can go in and put in their, you know, their different numbers that they have value for with their minerals and you guys will actually calculate the amount of bitcoin that they would receive or could have received if they had done it is that correct help me out there
3: yes yeah, so that's our gas to hash calculator and it basically helps quantify uh the the income that could be produced by by using your your gas to uh, mine bitcoin uh instead of uh, sending it to, to market at Henry Hub prices and and the uh, the multiples on what you can do when you mine Bitcoin uh, with your gas instead of sending it to market are, are pretty significant. It's sometimes hard to believe for producers when we tell them, um, but uh, we've had our containers in the field and, and have the data, and it, it's real and it's material, and we're very excited about it. So yes, if you're a mineral rights owner and you're, you're Gas that's that's getting marketed by the operator and the midstream provider is not making you. Uh, you're not happy with the the royalty checks that you're getting. You can take that gas in kind, run it to some generators, mine Bitcoin with it. And I think you'll be uh, much happier with with that revenue stream.
0: Marty, thank you for your time today. And of course, we'll have all the links available at life.com on our show page. And uh, appreciate it, man. Uh, welcome back anytime and, and good luck uh, in your endeavors. And we'll talk down the road, okay?
3: Yeah, no, Jason Sterling, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure.
0: Yeah, great talking to
2: you, Marty. Thank you. Have
0: a great day. All right, that was Marty Bent with Great American Mining Company. Work hard, play hard. We'll be back in just a moment or two, folks. That is Sterling. My name is Jason Spees.
1: play hard work hard is sponsored in part by if you
0: have natural gas leases and are looking to sell them swan energy wants to talk to you today give them a call at 866-539-0860 that's 866-539-0860 swan energy is buying up natural gas leases and they may buy yours too give them a call The forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com.
1: That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Welcome back to the
0: Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spees. that is Sterling, and I got a little bit of uh, breakfast in my mouth here. I thought I could get in the, between the
1: commercial breaks <laughs> as we
0: thank Marty Bent with Great American Mining again, joining us on our Swan Energy phone line. And by the way, our studio sponsorship is going to be announced very soon here, too, because we got a studio sponsor now. This is exciting I stuff, man. I know, man. We got, things are happening. Yeah. Uh, what else do we got office here? office in our future. I got, I'm going to have a little breakfast while we do the uh, news, news here this morning, and we, uh, you got the news ready? Yeah, I got the news ready, but
2: before I was, I was you know, I was looking around some of your uh, Facebook pages, of which I've noticed you have many.
0: Yeah, well, we got uh, Permian and Niobrera and uh, Bakken. And right, right, you know, okay. So. Different shale plays. Yeah. Crudelife.com. So, yep, and, and so, you know, I'm looking
2: around, right, trying to be a, a, a good companion co-host, and I noticed uh, a little bit of trolling going on there that I hadn't really picked up on before, so mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious if, uh, if you're going to talk about that.
0: Yeah, well, d- not during the news, but we'll talk about that tomorrow. I know we did. We talked about we were going to talk about it oh, today. Man, yesterday we teased on. it gotta... yesterday to talk about it today, but we we're running out of time because we went longer with the GameStop interview. And uh, but we know we'll talk about that tomorrow. Okay, um, we, we got to because
2: I, you know, that's when you know you're actually getting to somebody. <laughs> if they take the time mm-hmm. to tell you they hate you, you know you've made an impact. Yeah, we get trolled all the time. Yeah, well, I'm just so. kind of new to this, so it's it's fun.
0: That's what yeah, happens. so we do have some good news stories. By the way, Newsmaker interview is still to come in the work hard portion. Dwayne Ferris with Black Creek Canine Pipe Detection coming up. B.C. Canine Pipe Detection. Also, I want to mention our Super Bowl squares are sold out. And Orange Property Management is our sponsor today, as well as Maxwell's Restaurant and Bar. All right, let's get the news sounder going. Bump ding So check this out. Permian
2: Basin oil and gas companies continue to merge as market recovers from COVID-19. So this actually kind of hit as sort of of good news, right? So mergers of major oil and gas companies continued into the new year as the industry continued to recover from a historic bust in 2020 brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, looks like price of oils recovered about $53 per barrel highest in 11 months and across the $50 barrel threshold Most companies need for operations to be profitable. I didn't know that um, It first exceeded that threshold on January 6 and has continued to steady climb So what we're starting to see apparently is a trend of acquisition deals between major companies um, One of them amid the recovery pioneer resources apparently one of the largest operators in the Permian Basin announced on Tuesday that it had completed a deal first announced in October that saw it absorb parsley energy in a $4.5 billion transaction, along with Midland and Delaware sub-basins of the Permian. So stuff starting to flow, cash and...
0: This would make sense why nobody's talking down there. Um, over the last month and a half, there's been a serious... Uh, turtling up of the industry, where the accessibility for a lot of the yeah indus- you, you haven't been able folk. to get people on the phone. Right oh, Jenica was just amazed how difficult it's been. Uh, Jenica Hauser, our crude life correspondent, has been kicking ass. By the way, you see, she got Christy Craddock. Yeah. By the way, going to be on a little bit later in the program. That's as awesome. on our, we keep forgetting to plug our daily radio update for the podcast. Today, it's Christy Craddock. And, yeah, she's getting all kinds of great interviews. In fact, my understanding is she's she's pretty close to the new energy secretary, too. Really? Yeah, now whatever that, her name is. That would be some interesting... Exactly. So yeah. she's, you know, uh, working her tail off down there, getting these types of things. Um, Do you I even, even need an energy secretary when you've just got executive orders? I mean, not when you got a climate on, envoy.
2: Climate envoy.
0: Get on the great big climate envoy. Envoy. Do we know anybody who can write music for that, where we can take that? Get I thought on, we sounded good. Get on a great big convoy across yeah. the USA. Absolutely. we got to turn that Dude, into some kind, of, some kind of skit, humorous. Maybe you could pitch it to Muddy River. Oh, I just got a text. Screech gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. Well. Stage four lung cancer. I read about that just a few minutes ago
0: yeah okay so let's let's Ah, let's stay on focus here so what was what else are we talking about here let's get back to the mergers and acquisitions Uh, another the other part of this story that kind of sticks out to me is what our our slogan on our media kit was in october which is strength in numbers you know our media kit comes out in october and what we try to do is we try to predict what the vibe is going to be predict what the conversation is going to be try to carry that sort of thing and Strength in numbers. I mean, that's what mergers are in acquisitions. You're, you're, you're fortifying. Yeah. And, and sometimes in business, that's not always good, but sometimes it is. Well, and it sounds like it's kind of been
2: necessary. I mean, you yeah. remember last year when oil actually plummeted below zero dollars? I mean, it, it was oh, actually I the first much. time in history. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? That kind of actually gets buried because of the other crap storm we've been going mm-hmm. through. But that that's historic, right? So it looks like some of these mergers are really helping these companies be able to actually open up the premium again because now they have better cash flow. They've got you know the more ability to be able to make things happen. Strength in numbers, like you said.
0: Oh, I remember that negative oil one because that was... I actually thought long and hard about whether to publicly have that conversation. Mm-hmm. But then... I got a call from a, a friend of mine who owns a company, oil and gas service company, and we talked about it. Said, so "What would happen if that happened?" Just we, we just off just the air, yeah. Just you know, a Saturday morning type thing, right? The what if and the what, if. The what and, if and what if you own storage? Mm-hmm. How much would that? Oh, jeez, yeah. So that was why I did it and i put it out on social media and i put and i and i actually introduced that speculation onto some of the i when when we had guests on because i actually saw enough tea leaves and enough signs in the market that thought okay this is not crazy mm-hmm. this is actually a legitimate question okay and Then it happened where this buddy I talked to after it happened, he goes, he goes, if we would have done X, Y, Z, when we said we would have done X, Y, Z, we would have made $644,000 today. Oh man. Just, just by having, just by having the storage available for that type of thing. Just having it there. Right. And so that's what makes that trolling comment, how I got trolled. Oh, was it about stuff like this? Was it about negative oil? That was one of them. Really? Oh, that was the one I thought you saw. No, oh, go find that one. No, this is oh, an that one. I got. I got. Oh, that
2: one. People were telling me to leave the industry. No, they're they're referencing it here as. I mean, they don't call it negative oil, but they're talking about how it went okay. down below zero. So yeah, I mean, that, obviously, that, you were correct. Sorry, right? not
0: to not to tease on the trolling one. Oh, well, you'll find that one. That's oh, yeah. easy to find. It's um. Well, you know, I it's not like you're the one where you got trolled, where you just oh, sarcastically man. said "Freedom Juice." Welcome to the world of media, man. <laughs> I mean, you say anything. You know what? I
2: stand by Freedom Juice. I think it's fantastic. I think it's got power.
0: I think Freedom Juice is going to be the new vernacular going forward. So what's uh, what else does the uh, this story have, by the way? What was the headline again? It was uh, the, this, Well, this, it's this, basically just sort of
2: a feel good. It's Permian, Basin, oil and gas companies continue to merge as market recovers. So it's talking about... That's a, no,
0: that's a fine headline no, I mean, because...
2: It's that, more of a, hey, things are still happening because it goes on to talk about how these mergers have been happening over yeah. the last year, but right now we're getting to the point where they're in a position to start making things happen and flow again out of the Permian. So with these consolidations, you know, we're going
0: to see output again. Plus, we're over $50 a barrel. be interesting to see how things go with the new administration, some of the political dollars being spent where they're spent, and, and, and just this whole, I mean, you've got senators. I mean, you go to the crudelife.com, mm-hmm. I mean, I was busy over the weekend because I got all kinds of emails and video uh, messages from Senator Hoven and Senator Kramer mm. about suing the president. Now, Texas is you doing You saw that, that right?
2: I, I I saw that. Uh, Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, is suing the uh, Biden administration. And
0: Gordon from, uh, Mark Gordon from, uh, or yeah. uh, Governor Gordon from Wyoming, same deal. Yeah, probably, uh, and, uh, In fact, I, I sent that interview to Jenica. To do because she's from she yeah to, she's in that area yeah and she went to college in Casper Wyoming okay. so yeah. she she's oh, got she, a connection or well, her husband works in oil and gas yeah. or used to anyways before he got laid off and so I, hashtag hire for work is that what it is we'll work for money yeah <laughs> we'll work for food <laughs> getting getting to money's a little now. easier we'll you know? we'll work for Bitcoin yeah <laughs> that might be my new pickup line. Bitcoin well, for your thought? Bitcoin for your thought. Bitcoin for your thought? I think it's at like 33000 So that's a, that's a pricey thought there, man. If it's a millennial, Bitcoin <laughs> for your thought. How about a fraction? If it's somebody my age. <laughs> so, gold nugget for your thought? Gold
2: nugget. Yeah, see, you are, you're really into that kind of material wealth. I mean, and that's the age <laughs> what, we were... What that? You know, what no, the that? Gold, I'm talking about gold and silver, right? <laughs> you're talking to Marty about gold and silver. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean like
0: you're material. You just girl. insulted I mean, me right no, to my face. It okay, wasn't what, intentional. What was that again? I'm, no, into, is, you I'm know, into material wealth.
2: When we were when we were growing up, our grandfathers people that we knew, they'd say gold, silver, real estate. Right. Those were the those things pillows. To were,
0: those pillowcases were a gift. And they, they, they're not supposed to be bedazzled. OK. All right. So go. On. All right. Sorry no,
2: to... I mean, we're totally in different no, places no, now.
0: No, no. You're talking about one thing, though. We were raised a certain way. So I'm, I'm yeah. with you. I'm with yeah. you. So yeah, just... You know, so
2: now it's now it's Bitcoin. Now it's digital. Now mm-hmm. it's you know, that kind of stuff. So here's somebody who doesn't have to worry about any of that. Elon Musk plans to use his te- Texas natural gas for his
0: Starships. Great segue there. I don't no, even know what the story is, man. but all you got to do is bring up Elon Musk, and right and away starships. I can think it's idol worshipping. Nah, dude, they don't even call them spaceships; they're Starships. No, he he has this he has this unusual narrative being created in the media where he's untouchable. And he's getting idol worship from all different sectors, like like the, the, the pot crowd likes him, the natural gas co- crowd likes him, the environmentalists like him. You know, he's just... He's it, in the sweet zone right it's now. It's very odd. Very odd. He can't do any wrong. You know what I mean? It's like everybody's rah, rah, rah behind him, yeah. when at the same time... It'll never last, man. He's getting more tax dollars than anybody I know.
2: I, you know, I think you're right. I think he was primarily just from Tesla, right, that he got his start and how, totally. much, how much government Funding went into Tesla. How much subsidy money? I have how much, no idea. I mean, how te- much Tesla, benefits from Dopper research. You know, I mean,
0: it's. I don't even know what the success of Tesla is behind. Besides, a kind of a cool, sexy electric car. Honestly, I don't know. Apparently, it
2: has done well in the past, but it's not doing well now.
0: I, I don't know how anybody can say that because. Have you ever seen anyone drive a Tesla? I've seen one person drive a Tesla. Yes. I mean, granted, we don't live in California, but... But I I only know a handful of people that have Tesla. Well,
2: out here, a lot of times, if you've got a car, it's because you need to be able to go two or 300 miles at a time.
0: No, but they're about 70 grand. Right. That's where they start. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm saying to where I, I don't know how successful you can call that... When you need government subsidies to put out a $75,000 car.
2: And then you need additional subsidies to bring it down to, say, $40,000, which I have heard uh, is, you know, it's like basically uh, states and other municipalities have offered subsidies so that they will reduce your overall cost because you're, you know, right. you're paying it, into it.
0: It's it, it, it subsidies on top of subsidies on top of what? fees and taxes to where the person who's, who's doing it d- doesn't even realize that it's so artificial, that the whole thing's inflated
2: well and i think it goes back to what we've been talking about where you've got uh we don't know we've never been asked to change our lifestyle as a society on this kind of scale right versus the moonshot and things like that this is one of those things it's like government makes it then they control how you do it and how much you can do it with
0: you know i i'm i think tesla is probably going to have a oil company pretty soon well dude, they're, this they're is gonna cool. backdoor yeah. natural gas and just become an oil company i dig
2: this stuff you know because um it's it actually makes sense i mean if you think about it with uh, great american mining and what they do with flare gas right yeah. and they convert yeah. it to bitmine this is you know elon musk he he's got the land already for his starships he's got mineral rights he's got resources so what he's going to do is he's going to have at least five wells that are going to make rocket fuel Who's calling it Starships? Is that in the Dude, story? Dude, it's the, it's the headline. Is, is, that, is,
0: is that what they're calling it now, Starships? Yeah. Elon okay. Musk
2: plans to use Texas natural gas for his Starships. And there's a really cool picture, too, here.
0: But Starships is the
2: actual... You know, I'm guessing there's a trademark there or the something like okay. that. Yeah. So it shows in the short term, some of his goals will depend on plans for fossil fuel extraction that are already drawing criticism from environmental mm-hmm. groups. Okay, so he is getting a little flack for that. Ultimately, he aims to extract carbon from the atmosphere to produce cool uh, fuel, a cost-effective method of doing so. Hasn't been developed. I've got plans like that, too. I, was gonna I just say, don't have a billion dollars a day to throw
0: at well, it. Well, either way, I can, I can give really cool ideas, too. You know, I could think of a really good
2: way for less than $100 million to do a best carbon capture technique. There needs to be an industrial forest all around mm-hmm. that place, right? The rocket starship pad should be in the middle of a giant industry built forest.
0: Big update this week on the industrial forest, by the Please. way. Please. I've been waiting. Okay. Big update.
2: So it mm-hmm. sounds, you know, I dig on this stuff. I, I love chemistry. It's a messy science. I have really no idea how it works, but I'm always really curious. So they're going to use the natural gas to make So it is there
0: anything fuel. outside of speculation in this story? Uh, or is this just all idol worship about how great Elon Musk is going to be if
2: we give him more money? Actually, it talks about like, it's not, they don't know how much gas there's actually extractable from that site. It's in Cameron I love County. the
0: man for everything he can be. Now, see, Sorry, I think you're little, making
2: that up. Little Jerry Maguire there at me. <laughs> you had me at hello.
0: Well, I listen, I don't have a problem with Musk. It's just that he's being forced down my throat now. Yeah. And no, nobody seems to care that 90% of his, his batteries in Nevada are powered by natural gas. Okay. Everybody's okay with him, whatever he's doing. But anybody from the oil and gas industry is a modern-day leper now.
2: Well, you know, it's saying that he's already getting pushback from certain environmental groups, but I bet on the balance, that's not what the story is generally going to be. You know, the story is generally going to be is Elon there, it Musk. actually
0: says it in there? What? It, that, that he's getting pushback yeah. from an Yeah, a coalition of a dozen okay.
2: environmental groups is already raising alarm or, over SpaceX expansion plans. Put
0: me in my spot. Put me in my place when I The when rocket I launch site out. has gone
2: far beyond the scope of its original permit, and the company's plans threaten an environmentally sensitive wildlife corridor along the U.S.-Mexico border, according to the coalition. So,
0: so Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. So the environmentalists are saying that there might be a problem. Well, there has been. With fires, a rocket ship launching into space, yeah, pushing out fire Mm. that needs to launch a rocket into space. I mean, I would, I would guess that fire would what be at least an acre in size.
2: I have no idea. I know when we sent up like the moon Apollo stuff, it was like thousands of gallons of jet fuel being so burned every second. You're
0: sterilizing, but uh, my point is, you're sterilizing everything yeah. on that that patch of oh, Earth. Yeah, yeah it's okay. gone. <laughs> that that's what I'm saying. That we can't even build a new pipeline without environmentalists going there, and he's going to just scorch the earth, dude. He's just out there he's starting fires. Literally yeah. scorch the earth. Yeah. And the environmentalist are All right cool, let's give him some more money. Yay. Ta- also we
2: can take a blowtorch blowtorch to the earth so he can shoot up. Remember when he launched and- a uh, um, a sports car into space? No, I don't. Do you don't? I I mean, know he, he launched know. a sport a classic sports car into space. Like
0: like the way that the uh, Monty Python did the cow with a catapult?
2: Uh no, I think it was on a rocket. I'm thinking more like the beginning of the heavy metal movie, if you remember that. I do. You remember yeah, that? that kind of like movie. that. that yeah. And I'm sure that was where his stoned mind was when he came up with the idea. Well that's why that's why the I like thing. this guy. He's got so much money, he's just like, I think I want to go to Mars. Can you guys figure that out?
0: Yeah, and don't don't misinterpret my like or dislike for elon musk i mean musk i'm sure you're a great guy it's just the it's the idol worship and the ram down our my throat that i'm getting in headlines and everywhere else and 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 how you can do no wrong so i'd like a little bit of your your money for my industrial forest actually so, I, uh, I, I, I have very little money. You can have all of it. So, I'd like to, you know, apologize. I'm not saying you're a bad guy, but at the same time, I, I, I'm not going to discount that narrative as, at the same time because we're trying to put an end to this stuff. We're trying to have a regular conversation. We're trying to get something done. And if, and if he can figure out a great purpose for natural gas, I'm all for it. Well, then listen to this I'm all for it. At but the, at the same time, stop demonizing the other guys who are trying it, too.
2: That's the problem. And that's, you know what, we're going to see it over the course of the next year with a new administration, new regulations and all this is it's just going to get it's just that's all it's going to be. It's going to be the voices, angry voices back and forth. So check this out, though. They got on as <laughs> they're upset because at least three explosions, some of which resulted in more fires that burned smaller areas, areas, these explosions directly impacted designated critical habitat. So imagine that, dude, you're, I'm you're, you're a little desert creature, you're just out there in the nights, chill, you're, you're getting your thing on there, whoosh!
0: Yep. And what I'm about to say is going to be very insensitive,
2: okay? I would expect nothing less.
0: That if that was a oil drum and there was a bunch of birds, that would be all over the news. Be shut down, okay? Be shut It'd be down. Shut down. National headline, twenty four seven. Show those birds with the oil, but because there's no evidence, everything's scorched. Hey man, <laughs> bravo! Give them more money. Hey, NIMBY, out of sight, out of mind. Right, I'm thinking like uh, that guy in
2: Deadwood, uh, the pigs. Yeah, right. This is the 21st century
0: example? At least the animals, you can clean them off and they can go on to live their life. They're, they're just burned up oh, and torched. I, I was thinking you could,
2: Why, if he wants to be, he should really look into cremation as a secondary uh, revenue stream. I mean, why not? You got it there. That's what they're talking about with the, uh, the resources. Use what's there. Reduce, recycle.
0: Reanimate we or reuse. The next news story on that one. That's a great way to end that because we cremated that segment. We All right, last story. Last story. Come that, on, including Elon Musk. And I do apologize for offending yeah, we you. We are going to be asking him for to.
2: money soon. So, well, what do you mean? I just did. Yeah, I know, but I mean, like officially, we're going to do that. Uh, remember, we were going to do that application and crayons. So check this out, Oregon law to decriminalize all drugs goes into effect, offering addicts rehab instead of prison and Twinkies. Well, I added the Twinkies part.
0: Wait, is this, wait, read the headline again.
2: Oregon law to decriminalize all drugs goes into effect. So this was... Oh, this is real? This is voted last year. No, somebody told me this
0: over the weekend. Is yeah, this real?
2: This is real. It was voted last year, but now it's going into effect. What do you
0: mean all drugs? All drugs. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just, this is, I like, right away I'm thinking, are you telling me you can just go to the store and buy meth now? No. Okay. What it's saying is, is that they're
2: not going to convict you and put you in jail for this. Oh, so, stuff. so you could just have meth. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here it is. Is, um, is this what's known as a gateway drug law? <laughs> it's measure 110, first of its kind legislation that decriminalizes the possession of all illegal drugs in Oregon, including, but not limited to heroin, cocaine, meth, and oxycodone. Instead of a criminal justice-based approach the state will pivot to a health care-based approach, offering addicts treatment instead of prison time. Those in possession will be fined $100, a citation that will be dropped if they agree to a health assessment.
0: Ah, They did a little bit of a loophole Mm -hmm. uh, to assess each situation, Mm -hmm. which probably is not a bad idea when it comes to drugs, actually.
2: This is something that I've been hearing about for a couple of years, so I don't think it was just a flash in the pan, let's get this on the ballot. No,
0: I've heard of this too. They were doing
2: some research, but yeah, so it's interesting because I, I got a couple of friends that live out in Oregon and um you know medical or marijuana has been legal for a couple of years now recreational you know and so they've already for a long time yeah and they've already seen you know just sort of a relaxing
0: of that on the other hand where where are they with mushrooms Denver has legalized mushrooms well you know one of the beauties about Oregon is like
2: I think over half of all the mushroom varieties in the U.S. can be found in Oregon or examples of. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I had a little book on it because I wanted to go pick shrooms. (laughs) Because, dude, you need to be careful with wild mushrooms. Anyway... So what they're talking about really is hey to... God, I just don't like mushrooms in general. <laughs>
0: I don't. I, I don't even like... I was in my 20s. Occasional you know? portobello if there's nothing else around, I guess. Right, but, uh, Shiitake, right. I guess. You know, but anyway, so... that's uh, I prefer to cook with those. So w- what's this drug deal now? Okay, so you, if, if you get caught with heroin, that you kind of go to a purgatory system where they decide if it's a $100 fine or you need treatment. It sounds like it'll probably
2: vary, but it's, yeah, that's the framework. Is I that, mean purgatory <laughs> in <a>
0: biblical sense. <laughs> right, kind right, of a sort of a area. legal bur-
2: purgatory. Yeah. Well, it sounds like basically, yeah, it'll be, you have to pay a fine and or. You have to have a mental health assessment and basically get help or make an effort towards getting help. So, you know, in a lot of ways, it it comes down to trying to hit people where it really matters. Right. And that's in the pocket.
0: So, but not, not do you buy more meth if you keep getting fined for meth, but not for pot because that's legal there. Pot's legal. Okay. And and booze is obviously. Yeah. Okay. And I think Um, mushrooms, mushrooms, because it doesn't say, well, I, I, I don't think our audience cares at this point.
2: Yeah. It doesn't, yeah, I, I can't see people on the other end going, shit, I was going to move there, but he didn't say mushrooms. Damn it. And then the other side's like, <laughs> no, I've only got like eight dates." <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: we went through pot oh, and booze. We're
2: done. Well, that's the thing, man. We're living in America where it's like, it wouldn't surprise me if tomorrow I woke up and it was like,
0: yeah, heroin's legal in Idaho, you know, <laughs> why not? Oh, all right. So that's some interesting stuff going on there in Oregon. That's, uh, they right. always seem to have plenty to say. They certainly do, and I don't even know how to pronounce their state correctly. Oregon. So I, I always get corrected, whichever Nevada. way I try. They yeah. always correct me on the other way. So yeah. that's just the way she goes. But folks, that's going to do it for the news today. Dwayne Ferris, Black Creek, BC, canine pipe detection coming up. Our Super Bowl numbers sold out. Marty Bent, thank you very much for joining us here in the first hour. Frackleberry Hound is barking at some Say climate night. activists. We'll see you tomorrow.
1: The music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Riverbank. <laughs> Interested in becoming a sponsor? email studio at thecrudelife.com.
0: Jason Spies. Thank you for joining the program today. If
4: you want to look at America, you go
5: to Permian in the Bakken, and, and that's what America should be, united by as one. And that's exactly what we are. And, then and, and, you know, that's what I love about the oil and gas industry. One county in Kansas, one
3: single county. Produced 9% of the world's oil. That was an oil that won World War I. As the British said from the floor of Parliament, the Allies floated to victory on a sea of oil.
6: Work sticked up here in the Permian Basin.
2: Yeah, leadership really needs to take a look at how we've been doing things
3: and constantly make changes in how we can do things better. Commodities
0: are always, always, always any commodity business, whether it's milk or whether it's oil or whether it's apples. They always are boom or bust because the solution to low prices is high prices. The solution to high prices is, you know, is high prices. It's a
5: big issue. You know, it's
3: kind of Red Riding Hood syndrome here. People making out the industry to be the big,
4: bad wolf.
6: And on top of that, you know, you would get a nice increase in pay, as I'm sure most of us all know. When you move to oil field areas, you get a, a nice little bump in pay. After him and I having five margaritas over at the Cork and Pig, I called my boyfriend and I was like, hey, do you want to move to Texas? And he was like, yeah, when, when are we moving? <laughs> and honestly, we moved about a month after that.
3: This oil and gas industry, I've met some of the best people I've ever met in my life doing this.
1: Play hard, work hard. Now let's work hard. Dwayne
5: Ferris with Black Creek
1: Canine Pipeline Leak Detection.
0: Let's talk a little bit about your company and what it is and how you got started in this.
5: All right, sir. Yeah, like I said, my name is Dwayne Ferris. I'm a, a former United States Marine who set out on my own venture to create Black Creek Canine Pipeline leak detection. We're located here in North Texas, in Decatur, Texas. And basically, doing so, it enables my company to be strategically located to respond basically to the Permian, the Eagle Ford, and a Barnett Shell. And it allowed me to be able to have subconscious, subconscious. Contractors throughout the United States to uh, respond to leaks that are occurring within our pipelines. Um, I've also have uh, I have over overseas representation also uh, looking to implement our services here in 2021.
0: How is it that the dogs do the leak detection?
5: So what we do for leak detection offer several different avenues or options for operators the first is going to be through the hydro test to where we have about a half dozen of odorants to include hydrocarbon detectability we also can implement it through active and out of service lines having a reactive response and a proactive response and what i mean by that is we don't necessarily have to inject anything novel into the line. As long as we're aware of what is being transported in those pipelines, that's gonna enable us the ability to deploy our canine teams to alert on the different odorants that are within these pipelines. That kind of separates us from others that are with it in this industry, but It's been a journey for these last couple of years because I've wanted to incorporate more of a scientific based approach. And I can actually honestly say quantifiably that um, we actually look to calculate parts per million for the odorants that are going to be injected and or what is actually calculated. I've come to find out throughout the year of working uh, pipeline leak detection jobs throughout the year for different operators and talking to them. And with a more grasp of a understanding of what is already in their pipeline, majority of the time is going to fall within our our vast array of odorants that our dogs are already imprinted on. And we've gained quite a bit of interest, especially on a routine or a preventative maintenance plan of adding canine detection for pipelines, basically walking these right-of-ways that they're not able to actually put boots on the ground or have a more uh, personalized approach uh, for a leak detection with it.
0: What type of dogs do you use?
5: We currently utilize Shepherds, Labradors and the Belgian Malinois.
0: Labradors, that's the first time I've really heard of a Labrador as a uh, sniffing dog. I've heard of the German Shepherd, I've heard of the Belgian, even the Czech the, I call it the uh, German Czech dog, or the German Belgian right. dog, and um, or the shepherd. I mean um, the, the Labrador. What what uh, do they do?
5: Yes, sir. Um, so he's a black lab. His name is Crash. He was actually my first uh, pipeline leak detection dog. It's basically a black lab, um, thinking that he's a Belgian Malinois. But labs are also definitely one of the top types of breeds within the detection community. Depending on what the agency or organization are using, um, it does give the appearance of a more gentler, kinder, friendlier dog out there within the public. So labs are actually very popular within the detection community. So it puts them right up there as far as reliability and trainability, along with your Belgian Malinois and your German Shepherds, uh, your Dutch, Dutch Shepherds and Czech Shepherds. So just depends on where they're, they're actually coming from within the, the world there. So.
0: so I've got uh, Frackleberry Hound, our mascot. She's a Chesapeake Bay Retriever. At least we we think she is. Um, good nose. They, a hound, part hound. You know, Chesapeake Bay Retriever are part Newfoundland, part uh, Irish water spaniel, and part uh, hound dog bred years and years ago, whatever. And um, before that, I added bloodhound. Of course, bloodhounds are... Probably the most well-known for their nose, I would say. I don't know if it's scientifically proven that they've got the best nose or not, but as a kid, you've always read that that's the one. Uh, How come they don't get used with pipelines? I know they do with humans and and capturing that sort of thing, but uh, are they used much in pipelines?
5: No, they're not. And to be honest with you, I think it just looks more um, a subjective thoughts about that type of breed, because every dog has a nose and they're using it 24 seven of their lives. Um, I think it's more or less looking as far as the environment that they're gonna be working into. Genetics plays a big role into it and historical uh, working lines plays a huge role with it. Um, I think a lot of it ties into their endurance, their capabilities to be able to walk right of for miles on end in various temperatures. So they tend to be more conducive and more aligned for the type of work that we're doing. But within the canine community, there are tons of dogs that have jobs used for everything and anything underneath the sun. Um, Like there's conservation dogs, there's water leak detection dogs, there's actually sewage leak detection dogs worldwide. There's actually dogs that are taught to find and locate buried cabled cables that have actually become um, severed and not completed the connectivity, and I've learned about these through a uh, non called the International Canine Spill and Leak Detection Association, for which uh, Mr. Paul Bunker, he's the president of this association, so putting this out worldwide, we're actually getting to see a vast array of different types of jobs with jobs that are able to detect this type of stuff within the, uh, the environment that they're working in, so it's been very educational and eye opening
0: I remember about ten twelve years ago I was doing a, a nighttime show. It was one of those shows where you'd have somebody on for a half hour an hour quite a bit and we had a, uh, a dog sniffing a drug sniffing dog a trainer on from new york and it was during the oh I want to say it was the shoe bombing when there was a lot of shoes that were they thought maybe had some bombs in them back in the 2000s. And so there was, anyway, that was one of our news stories. We just kind of did that. And and what surprised me was there's families out there that have been training dogs to like sniff money to go find old inheritance that mom that grandpa and grandpa <laughs> dug in the backyard and things like that and so i thought and he goes jason he goes we could trade a dog to smell anything he goes it's just a matter of what it is we got to train him for and everything else but he goes he goes if if, if you want him to find it You just, they'll find it, you know, (laughs) like so. Right,
5: right. Yeah, they're very, they're a versatile tool uh, out there on it. And that's where the science is really coming into it and knowing exactly what you want to train your dog on to detect. Uh, If you've heard the uh, the nose work uh, sport to basically uh, even pugs and bulldogs and just your normal average dog that's home with their their family they're actually taking interest in looking for essential type of oils uh, out there and turning into a huge sport so you could take a dog that doesn't really have a job out there and incorporate them into the sport and at the same time the owners of these dogs are also gaining knowledge on how to train a dog to detect something that they're looking for and at the same time creates a little friendly competition out there and I like to see that more dogs with jobs out there. So solves a lot of behavioral issues too at the same time.
0: What's your biggest obstacle when it comes to the operators? When it when it comes to this, is that you guys aren't automated, or is it are you too old school? I guess because to me, well, I, I look at this and I, I think it's a. To me, it solves a lot of problems. I mean, just not only do you get the pipeline detection, but you also get the PR side of things too, because there's a a lot of good PR involved with this, whether you know it or not. And then the other question I have, I'm sorry to throw three at once at you, but um, I also have, I have read studies that these dogs are more accurate than a lot of the, a lot of the sensors out there right now. So there's three reasons right there for you. So you can, you might have more than that, but I just, I just gave you three on your side, so... (laughs)
5: Yeah, for sure. Well, the first one, um, in my opinion, what I'm saying is just knowledge. It's just there's not enough of us out there doing it to where it can actually be rolling off the tongue like it does traditionally with explosive detection dogs, narcotics detection dogs, bed bugs, medical alerts, search and rescue, right? So those are predominantly the core areas that folks get into it, be it military, law enforcement, or civilian, right? Because those are the ones that have predominantly been out there in the world uh, doing and performing these jobs tied to the safety and security of countries and people and day-to-day lives on it, right? So I think that's the biggest obstacle we have with being able to get out there and perform this service for them more often on it. Because once they see it, the proof's in the pudding. Um, just a va- just a range of cost savings, right? And I mean, I'm a Marine. I'm a former Marine. So you have to do, you know, check my math, math for Marines and everything. But some of the operators I've talked to in the past, when they've employed my services, both as a reactionary saying, hey, they've got a leak. They've been chasing it for X amount of days. Can't find it. I show up. Find it the quickest that my dogs have found a leak are within about two minutes of deploying from the truck all the way to three hours. Well, that three hours is because we're walking 10 miles of pipe. So it just happened to be there. So with the education part and kind of a mission statement out there is to continue to educate those and practitioners about this capability for detection canines for both spills and leaks. Um, And with that, we bring a lot of scientific research through that platform. So that is the number one obstacle of trying to get the dogs out there to do this uh, leak detection.
0: Well, there's Frackleberry Hound barking right there. Well, there you go.
5: I'm surprised my dogs are are not barking either once they start to hear another one bark.
0: Yeah, I uh, she she does a pretty good job in studio, but every now and then, you know, that's uh, the they 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 like to have their voices heard. In fact, she likes to pick up chew toys and drop them. when I'm doing these things to make noise, but, uh, anyway, well, how many different, uh, shell plays are you in? If you're out of North Texas, my guess is you probably got the Eagleford and Haynesville and uh, Permian taken care of, or do you go much, uh, outside of the state?
5: Uh, we haven't had that opportunity to be honest with you. Most of it's going to be all the way out to uh, the West, uh, New Mexico, Carlsbad, obviously area out to Louisiana. Um, the furthest south that we've not done leak detection because through a uh, a partner agency of Mr. Adam Black with Black Creek Canine Services, we also offer contraband and firearm searches to the oil and natural gas industry. And a lot of them have really embraced that because it's an add-on to their safety security programs. So when we're showing up and they're doing the, the testing and making sure that the work environment is, is safe – uh, they'll employ us with dogs to go look for those items that can't be readily detected right through plain sight or uh, urinalysis, etc. But we've actually been flown 200 miles off the coast into the, the Gulf of Mexico on some lift boats and some offshore drilling rigs doing a contraband service also. So just a little plug, we've been 200 miles into the Gulf of Mexico flying in helicopters with the dogs also.
0: So you guys do additional services outside of the leak pipe detection? Yes, sir. Well, give yourself a plug, man.
5: Well, by all means, so if anybody's out there looking for a little better scientific and reliable means of detecting those items that they can't find on a day-to-day, hit up Black Creek Canine Pipeline Leak Detection and Black Creek Canine Services, and we'll employ those dogs to look for those items there for contraband and firearms, which are pretty known to be a no-no out there in the industry and continue to keep them safe and sound so they can provide those products that we need to to survive on
0: anything we forgot to mention anything you got to uh get out there to make sure you let people know i like to give guests the final word if you will so uh oh so for
5: sure yeah actually we got that uh you know the pipeline pigging um integrity management conference that's been held for the past uh decades down in houston fortunately this time it's not going to be in person but it's going to be virtually so i would encourage everybody to to participate log in and look at it so we'll do some more advertising through their platform um also for the leak detection there and if there's any questions or comments or concerns that i can be able to help these operators find those leaks expediently and save that average cost of anywhere from 50 to 80 percent on their their average uh spent money out there give us a hauler we'd be more than willing and able to accommodate and do that service for them
0: what was this conference
5: it's the ppim the pipeline pigging integrity management conference
0: and it's uh going to be virtual this year they're not going to do it in person correct okay yep yeah i'm curious to see how those are going to go um you know, it's we are uh or
5: two to be honest with you. Because I, I went to my first one last year, and you're talking about over 3,000 participants to include not just within the continental United States, but also overseas. So it was very educational at the same time, but eye-opening to have all sorts of personnel within the industry doing anything and everything. Uh, they got really interested about the dogs, and a lot of them were unaware of what the dogs can do for the industry.
0: Yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see if, um, you know, a lot of people used to go to conferences for FaceTime, they said, you know, we need some good FaceTime. So we'll see if that FaceTime transport, you know, translates to Zoom time or Facebook FaceTime and that sort of thing, because you still can get it technically, but it's just it's a little different. So it's just the way the world's changing right now. And, you know, some of you like, some of you don't. Either way, the conference is going to happen. So either you can go, or or you can miss some good information. Imagine a lot of speakers lined up, that sort of thing.
5: Oh yes, sir.
4: Okay. Yeah,
0: a
5: lot of speakers. Like I said, have a vast array of uh, different items and subjects out there. And it is. It's as with anything in in life and business. It's all about the networking on it and trying to do business with uh, new individuals and organizations and continue that repeat business with people that you've done and provide services with. Uh, good glowing marks and keep things
0: going well i still think uh if i was a pipeline company i would have pipeline sniffing dogs at the front of my marketing at the very i mean interacting with the school kids and just being a part of the community everybody loves a dog well not everybody but but most people do and it's so in in fact Frackleberry Hound. The whole reason we gave her that name was because that was the first time I've ever seen anybody smile with the word frack. (laughs) The the name is just, it's not a good name. And well, I mean, it's it's a very appropriate name. It is, it's, it's a very appropriate name. But we live in a day and age where it, you know, (laughs) the sizzle sells more than the steak. So unfortunately, uh, well, I mean, look at frack. You fracture a dam, you fracture a relationship, you fracture a bone. There's not a lot of positive connotations that come out of it. So that's why we were like, oh, frackleberry hound, people laugh. We'll we'll do that. I mean, hey, sometimes just having a smile is better than the stupidity behind what we came up with. So anyways, but. uh, No,
5: for sure. And I think the dogs, no matter what type of work or deployment they get out there, you can't help but have people come up and ask questions about your dog, what they do. They want to – it's like having kids, you know, and showing pictures when we used to pull pictures out of our wallet and show pictures of the kids, right? Everybody wants to share, which I think is such a – it's a great way to build a rapport or relationship within those first two minutes. And within the canine community, because we also do – we, we, we do a lot of school searches where we are within the, the North Texas area, so we sometimes have to meet new people. And you have that two or three minutes to build that relationship. And normally having just that dog there and that vibe that they put off on it and that good energy and get ready to hey go do some good tends to smooth anything over or uh, just squash any kind of doubt that they may have. And when we show up out there to the oil field, believe it or not, when we'll show up, we're meeting a lot of these folks for the first time. And if they've never heard of it or they're a little – little unsure of the efficiency about their detection, um, it's amazing. And believe me, I use that to my advantage on it to get to know the the men and women out there so we can also have their support while we're doing what we need to do for them.
0: One more time, how people can get in touch with you and find out some more information or engage with your services.
5: All right, easiest ways, definitely on any uh, web browser platform, Type in Black Creek Canine Pipeline Leak Detection. We are on every social media platform that you can think of. Uh, my website is B as in Bravo, C is in Charlie, Kilo is in, or K is in Kilo, 9, services.com. Dwayne Ferris with Black Creek Canine Pipeline Leak Detection.
0: Let's do that one more time with those military code words again.
5: All right. So you can reach me at B as in Bravo, C as in Charlie, K as in Kilo, the number nine services.com.
1: heard on the crude life morning show play hard work hard is by the moody riverbank Jason Speece. Thank you for joining the
0: program today.
3: You know, I I come from an oil background. My family's been in the oil and gas
1: industry for 60 years. I I think the thing with the younger generation is the younger generation has pretty much bought into the climate change phenomenon. They really believe everything that people tell them.
6: We just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us and especially you, Jason. Without, Without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful as it is. So
3: I I don't want to be real critical of them because being a guy who's, you know, dad has several small businesses and and coming from that sort of small business background, I get it. I mean, the the operators here were put in a real bad
1: position by the state of North Dakota. that We've got people like you to pay attention and bring us information
4: on stuff like this.
1: Prices can't go any lower for services. I, I, they're they're too low right now. Like our margins are in the single percentage point if we're lucky, and we're not lucky that often.
6: You're exactly right. ESG is becoming more and more important to shareholders. I can speak for my 20 companies. They take it very serious. It
1: makes perfect
2: sense. And I thought you had a really good show last week. Jason, I love your inquisitive questions because you you ask important questions that that lead to the most important truths.
3: Hey, this is Kevin Kramer representing proudly the state of North Dakota
2: in the United States Senate. I'm Jason Speece, who's like the best energy interviewer in the world. No one does an interview like Jason Speece.
6: We all like living the crude life, so.
0: (laughs) The crude life with host Jason Speece. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with the chairwoman of the Texas Railroad Commission, Christy Craddock. In just a moment, part of our exclusive interview with Commissioner Christy Craddock, right here on the Crude Life Daily Update.
6: So we've seen the climate activism, I think, has been going on. Really, I was sitting in the seat during the Obama administration. We've had an interesting administration during the Trump administration who better appreciated that states ought to be regulating instead of coming from the federal government. And now we're seeing a new administration go in. I think we're going to see back to where we were with the Obama world. Uh, but I think what we've found is an agency, frankly, and working with industry, people, again, are trying to do the right thing. But if you read the news, obviously you seen that Texas has some challenges with flaring. If you look at Texas, and I say it's our friends in New Mexico and North Dakota, we've had a lot of production pretty quickly, specifically in two fields in Texas. And so flaring and getting that infrastructure built so we don't flare has been, and will continue to be in the short term, a challenge for us. One of the things that we've been doing as an agency are a couple things. One, we've improved some data sheets and some and to get more information we are uh, i keep alluding to our technology we are on a mainframe with fortran for a lot of our data and for those of you who don't know what that is it, we've had it for about 40 years so we're in the process of upgrading that those systems because we want to be more transparent And what we found is, as as we've upgraded our data and our information um, in our data collection, we're also more efficient as an agency. So that has been one of our priorities, is to continue to gather better data, work with our sister agency, Texas Commission on Environmental Quality, that does all of our air emission work in this state. So we're all on a page so we can make sure we're presenting good data and we have good information.
0: To listen to the full-length interview with the chair woman of the Texas Railroad Commission, Christy Craddock, or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's crudelife.com. While you're there, be sure to check out our morning show, play hard, work hard, and our social media pages. From the staff here at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life.
1: The Crude Life is sponsored in Part by. It takes an industry to build a forest.
0: Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come it takes an industry to build a forest if you're interested in sustainable forests growing industry jobs check out theindustrialforest.com that's theindustrialforest.com play hard work hard